Hey there, sunshine. Who's the cartoon about fish? You got some orange on you. Again, we are back. Welcome to Lost in the Lockdown, and hopefully the lockdown will be ending soon, but the title will remain the same. Um, <laughs> we will continue today, still on season two, episode fifteen, which is maternity leave. We're not going to be discussing actual maternity leave, just the episode maternity <laughs> leave. Fortieth um, episode overall. Um, I'll keep it as brief as that, to be perfectly honest. So, Scott, over to you, if there's any trivia. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as you say, 40th episode overall. Um, this was written by uh, a pair of writers who have neither credits against them at all, and that's Dawn Lambertson-Kelly and a gentleman called Matt Rigianti, or Matt Rigianti. Um, I think Dawn Lambertson-Kelly has worked with Antoine Fuqua, as a kind of a writer's assistant on some of his films, uh, but that's literally all I can glean from that. Um, they didn't work on any other episodes of the show, so this is like their one and only. Um, it was directed by uh, Jack Bender, who of course is mainstay with the show's direction. Um, it was, uh, when it aired, it had 16 and a half million viewers on, uh, on the uh, date of release, which was March the 1st, 2006. Um, and I'm guessing you're thinking I might have a a guess the rapper for you. <laughs> well, uh, well, I don't <laughs> because I think we discussed before that I'm I'm I've run out of rappers. I'm really struggling. <laughs> so this is going to be another another offshoot uh, in the um, the Marvel rapper cinematic universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> so I have a, I have a new game for you to play this time around I'm sending you a picture an image on our Twitter chat and I will explain the game uh, here we go and it is three images in a in a little collage so okay <laughs> oh I see what you've done here. Okay, okay. <laughs> right. So, so I've so for the benefit of the listener, I've sent a collage to Jonathan and Thomas of three toilets, uh, and these are from the uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and these are from the luxury bathroom designer supplier CP Heart. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. Um, <laughs> and the name of the game is uh, How much is that crapper? <laughs> so what? So what I want you to give me is the in order of expense, okay. uh, which is the highest to lowest, um, and I can take you through each one and, and give you like a brief description of, of you know what it's called. So it might help you. So um, we have obviously this again would be benefit for the listener. So the uh, A, which is the uh, the toilet to the left, I believe. Uh, sorry, sorry. The top, Which the top, one, the upside down air pod, or the um... that's what I was thinking <laughs> as well. The upside yeah. down air pod. <laughs> so, so toilet A is a 
basically yes, an upside down AirPod. It's got like a a sort of cylindrical orbital <laughs> pan with a, a rectangular uh, cistern, and this is this is the Laufey Alacy close coupled pan. <laughs> uh, and we have uh, so it's very Buck Rogers, very futuristic. Um, B is uh, more of a classic. It's the Henley low level pan. Uh, uh, so you've got a bit of a, a bit of a classic look there with a with a, an oak seat. So going for the classic aesthetic there. And then C is the uh, what I'd like to call just a, a crap box, basically. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a litter tray, basically. And this is a um, a this is the Jesse Eleganza wall mounted pan. So your so your sister will be will be hidden. So no one can see your sister in this one. So a little more discreet, but it's kind of like mm. um, kind of kind of Romany esque sort of look to it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Greek maybe inspired. It's just basically a square box. That's all I can. So um, it's somewhere where you put lots of ice and beer in. It's kind of like a beer box <laughs> at a barbecue. <laughs> That's the first thing that came to mind is where you put ice and beer in. Yep. <laughs> so all out of all these toilets, one actually looks like a toilet. The others just look like yeah. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, one's a toilet and the other two is an, a headphone and a beer box. Um, so if is it? so, so yeah. The, the, obviously, I want you to uh, in order of expense, uh, highest to lowest, and I'll give you the prices. And and bear in mind, this is a luxury supplier designer. So they're all. Are these in, are these based in the UK? They are based in the UK. I did find another one which was based in Italy, um, but I thought it might be easy to do in easy to do in sterling, just to just so we, yeah, <laughs> easy for us to, to kind of guess around. Keep it in house. Yeah, keep it in house. Right. And I will and I will give you a tip. They're all over a thousand pound. Oh, what? Jesus! Yeah. Okay, I, that's I, just on. I did find one which was two and a half grand, but that was too obvious because it was like solid gold. So <laughs> I didn't include that one. We're taking the comfy crappers at Redden and Leeds too far there. Crikey me. <laughs> um, okay. Immediately, I- immediately, I think the, the, the AirPod is the most expensive, but it might be like a double bluff here. Okay. So- I think, I see, I was going opposite. I was going for thinking it must be the beer box is the most expensive just because... You know, it looks the worst. It can't possibly be, but it will be. <laughs> okay, so um, so what order do you think it goes in? So, Tom, you think the uh, the, the the so is the it AirPod C? One? Oh, John, John, no, John the AirPod one. John thought the AirPod. So yeah, I will I go. So. I will say the beer box is the most expensive one. Okay. Um. Then I'd say the AirPod, and then the very classic one. That's right. actually a toilet. <laughs> so Tom, you've gone C A C B A C B A. I've gone C B A. Is that right? You think you think the classic one's the cheapest? So yes. that's that's B. So C A B. So you've gone for cab. I've gone for a cab, okay. 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 I I, mm, I am going to change my mind. I'm going to say the classic one is the most expensive. Okay. The Henley low level. It could be. It could well be. Uh, so the classic one, the AirPod, and then the box. Yeah. So I'm going B A C B A C. Okay. Well, 
you're both wrong, but <laughs> but, you're, but you're both wrong in your orders. But John has got the correct one in the most expensive one, so technically John's the winner of this one. So well done. That's fine. Okay, I will reveal to you the prices. <laughs> There's not oh, much difference between them. Um, it's yeah, it's a bit of an anticlimactic moment. This um, the <laughs> the AirPod toilet is twelve hundred quid. <laughs> the the Henley low level classic pan is fifteen hundred quid, oh. and your and the last one the uh, the ship box the uh, the, the cooler <laughs> is uh, your Jesse Eleganza that's uh, thirteen hundred so it just sits in the middle so um, yeah <laughs> I'm sorry but I think Madness. we can all agree and I'd imagine listeners could agree as well that there is so much better money to be spent than on a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you're literally just shitting all over it. So <laughs> it's that age-old logic of when you go on holiday and you just get like a two-star hotel because you're only going to be staying in the room at night. Do you know what I mean? You don't. <laughs> you're going to be shitting in it and you're going to be pissing in it. You don't need it to be literally gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you, you need have, it to serve its purpose. If you're having a toilet party, fair enough. You know, like yeah, you can show it off and stuff. But seriously. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like that episode of Futurama where they go to the past and he actually wants the the general wants the latrine actually clean so he can <laughs> eat his yeah. food off. Of, yeah, he literally <laughs> eats the food off of it. Then fair enough. But... <laughs> so yeah, and all, all all available to order right now. Um, so if you're interested, Tom, for your new house. <laughs> With my new house, thankfully, I will have a very standard toilet already installed, and I don't think I need any more than that. But I'll keep it in mind. If it comes to some money after this. When I'm weighing up the expenses, if I come into some money, I might say, hey, <laughs> instead, of that, instead of that new TV we want, let's get a new toilet. <laughs> let's get an airport toilet. There we go. An airport. <laughs> Just hanging midair, suspended midair. <laughs> well, thank you, Scott. I enjoyed that. that was good. I know these are getting worse and worse as we go along, but I feel like I have, that to, I have me to keep means it they're up. getting better and better. <laughs> yeah, true. Keep yeah. going sillier and sillier, the better. <laughs> right. So, John, we'll go to the guest stars of the episode if there are any. Yeah. Well, yeah. Funny you should say that there aren't really. Uh, well, none that we haven't already previously discussed. Uh, there is one guest star that we haven't seen, uh, but it's only for like a. F- Flash, basically, mm-hmm. and I thought I would keep her for an episode in which she appears, um, that she that she actually appears in and has more than mm-hmm. one line. Um, so instead, I thought I would just give you a rundown of some of the different movies and shows that the actress that this episode is based around has been in. Um, so this episode is about is all about Claire. Uh, is an actress called oh my goodness I've lost her name uh, Emily de de Raven or de Raven uh, apologies I'm not sure how that's Raven we say de Raven okay uh, so she has been she, I I thought she was in quite a lot of things um, but it turns out it's just it's just she's been in a lot of episodes of very few things um, so <laughs> the first I I first remember her in the TV show Roswell uh, I don't know if you remember that it, it came out like in the middle of all those teen dramas well the, those 90s teen teen dramas yeah um, I remember that she was, I remember the name yeah, but I never watched was, it I, I remember watching it she, she was one of the um, like I think she arrived in the, the the second season of the show and she was the bad alien as opposed to the good alien, aliens aliens 
um, who all look like sexy American teens, obviously. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't there uh, like did... a gent who was who had the like short dark hair in it? I can't put a name on him. He was like the lead on the show. I will find out for you a minute here now. So it was. Am I might be somebody. Yeah, no, no, you're right. It's somebody called Jason Bear. <laughs> I don't know who that is though. But uh, that that series also starred um, Catherine Heigl. Um, oh yes. Who went on to become more famous and then drop off the radar completely. Um, but yeah, uh, Emily Durant was also in the remake of The Hills Have Eyes uh, during her she time was. on Lost. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I know she was in it. Uh, and she was also in quite a lot of episodes of a reasonably recent series, um, Once Upon a Time. It says Hell here yeah. she was she was playing Belle. Is that that's right? As in Beauty and the Beast, Belle. Correct. This is one of ah, Tom's favorite okay. shows, John. Have you not been? Uh... Oh no, no, I, I remember. It's just I, I wasn't sure if it was like um, one of those ones where they are legally distinct from certain Disney characters. Oh. I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> no, what, what, no, me and Emma, me and me and my wife have watched Once Upon a Time. That is why we have our, one of our cats named Hook. Because our oh, favorite character on the show was their version of Captain Hook, um, okay. And she, yeah, Once Upon a Time was made by some of the writers on Lost, so there's lots of references to Lost in it, which is oh, very okay. bizarre, especially as a fan like me, when you see like the chocolate bars turn up or lots of references to Eight One Five turn up in a Disney show. It's very bizarre. <laughs> so how does that work? Is it? So it is a, like a Disney-related thing, is it? Yeah, yeah, because it's, it, it's ABC, and ABC is a subsidiary of Disney, uh, which uh, is why Lost okay. is on Disney Plus right now, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it's kind of like the, the same Lost format in sort of flashbacks, flash-forwards, whatever you want to call it. But basically, mm-hmm. there's, there's a one timeline where there's just normal characters with normal names, and then mm-hmm. in another timeline, they are actually characters, you know, from the Disney world or whatever. But in the real world, they can't remember who they are, basically. Oh, so there's oh, like Aladdin, okay. but in the real world, he's like Barry or something. Correct. <laughs> so, so for example, Belle in this, I can't remember what she's called, but like, you know, she's someone else. And then they all have to find ways to remember who they are. And then, you know, Jiminy Cricket turns up randomly, and then then <laughs> it kind of gets really fun because you start to guess when new character when new characters get introduced in the real world. Mm-hmm. You start thinking, "Ooh, who could they be?" You Who's know, are they somebody? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you get like ah, okay. Peter Pan, and you get all sorts of people turn up, and it's quite fun actually. Uh, we really liked it. Okay, well, yeah, she, she was in a uh, hundred and seventeen episodes of that series, um, a hundred and fifty-six episodes total. So she was in it for for most of the series, it seems. Yeah, yeah, she was more or less from the beginning, and it only ended like recently, didn't it? Was it like three or four years ago, or maybe sooner than that? Three years ago, I think. Yeah, they had yeah, Jennifer 20, Morrison in it. it says here. Yeah. And she, Jennifer Morrison, was the main character. Um. And then all sorts of people, like guest stars. To, I mean, Robert Carlyle was in it. He was Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> he was <laughs> fantastic as Rumpelstiltskin. That's he was casting. amazing as Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> he, he, he camped it up to like 11. It was all, kept calling everyone dairy and everything. And it was just so camp and I loved it. It was amazing. <laughs> Did they bring like any like recent Disney stuff into like, like Tangled or Frozen or anything like that in there? They, they, they had a, 
season four or five was around the time frozen came out and they did bring some aspects of it in i will just i will have yeah no no they do elsa comes into it i've just oh, remembered oh god yeah. that's what you call um, what is it seo you know yeah. all that synergy <laughs> quick yeah Fro- frozen's popular get us an elsa <laughs> i do remember as well this is one for both of you i think because you're both clone wars rebels fans whatever um mm-hmm. but um sam whitwer um was in one of the seasons and he played a Mr. Hyde. There was a there was a Jekyll and Hyde part arc, and he was Mr. Hyde, and he was amazing in it. Oh, that's cool. I like <laughs> you know, proper chewing the scenery. <laughs> yeah, as the baddie. So yeah, there was lots of things and lots of lost old aluminum alumni. Sorry, from uh, lost turned up like um, Elizabeth Mitchell, who obviously turns up later on in the series. Um, Obviously, Emily de Raven. Um, there was a few guest stars as well from Lost as well. I forget really, but yeah, it was just it was fun. It was what it was. <laughs> I'm just reading through the cast list very, very quickly. Just to seeing who was in it. Has he got Mulan in there? Oh yeah, here we go. Elsa, Maleficent, King Arthur. Oh, so they just they just basically anything. Yeah. You know. Oh, oh, hello to Alan Deal. He's in it. Oh no! He is yes. Hello to Alan Dale. Of course, I forgot he is. Hold on, I'll remind myself. I think he's an evil king. I think he's someone's dad. Of course, he's an he evil now? king. Yes, be the evil king. <laughs> Who's? Oh, I do remember distinctly, and I'm only saying this because obviously we have an Irish member of the discussion here. But Jamie Dornan was in it uh, very early on. Oh, okay. Um, and he he was the huntsman. I was about to say, it was the answer around. Very good. Yeah, forgot about that. Um, but yeah, they had all sorts. They had uh, Robin Hood. If anyone remembers Sean Maguire from EastEnders, he was Robin Hood. Oh yeah, I remember him, yeah. <laughs> he was in Grange Hill, I think, as well, for a short time. But yeah, he was Robin Hood. He was their version of Robin Hood. Yeah, had uh, Rebecca Maida. She was from Lost. She's Charlotte in Lost. She'll turn up in our discussions much later on down the line, but she oh, was yeah. Wicked Witch of the West. So they went huh. Wizard of Oz as well. <laughs> they just threw everything <laughs> at the wall, basically. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but it was so much fun. So, yeah, this seems like this was kind of blending in multiple different stories and characters, like, very quickly as opposed to your Marvel and stuff, like, in terms of like the, how much content yeah. they were kind of interweaving. This is... Quite quite cool that they they lasted that long. I mean, that could have got that could have been like very very cheesy and crappy and boring really quickly. People would have got mm. tired. I mean, of it. don't get me wrong; it's very cheesy. <laughs> it's very cheesy. But, <laughs> you know, like the place that they're in is called Storybrook. So straight away, you're like, oh. <laughs> but I guess they balance but, it out you... with like some like drama and a bit of, like horror stuff going on, I guess as well. And yeah, I, I, f- the the original premise is that. The, the evil queen as there's a there's a curse over the town they're in which is why they can't remember that the fairy tale characters um and that's kind of how you know she comes em, emma swan who is jennifer morrison comes into it and she's she's the she's the daughter of snow white and prince charming so that's the that's the setup <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> fulfill your destiny hmm. 
Yeah, I've just got to check out Lindale now. Sorry, we will get we will get to the episode eventually. <laughs> I've just got to obviously check out Lindale. I periodically check all these uh, uh, pay to message sites like you know your Cameo, your Memos, and there's loads of other ones now. And he's not on any of them, and I'm a bit concerned that he's, he might be in some ill health. He like there's, I mean, I think there's some like reputable pop stars and actors who are clearly still working which are on it charging $250 for like a two second <laughs> message why isn't Alan Dale on this I was <laughs> going to request one. Oh, yeah. lads yeah. I forgot one as well another one just very quickly our very own and very favourite Naveen Andrews Jafar of course <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that oh, God. why didn't they um, put him in they should have put him in the, uh, the movie shouldn't they it would have been great Hmm. He would have. John Lithgow was the voice of the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I would have seen John Lithgow just wearing a pair of like bunny ears and just hopping around. <laughs> it would have been great, wouldn't it? <laughs> Seeing a camera. <laughs> yeah. A little monocle on um, a watch. I'm just trying to find a oh, list of recurring characters. He's going to be a bad guy. He's got... <laughs> I'd shout. Oh, Alan Dale. Who is he? Here he is. King George. I'm assuming he's one of the princess's dads. They're all bastards. Mm. King, yeah. King George is King George is the, the Robin Hood villain, isn't that right? Ah, yeah, that. I think you're right. Well, it's the Sheriff of Nottingham. No, King George. No, the Sheriff of Nottingham is the, is the Robin, Robin villain. Hood. King George is the, the one. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Just as And just before we get into the episode... Juan Carlo Esposito is the genie and magic mirror, voice of the magic mirror as well. So that, oh, okay. that's a lot of fun as well. Oh, the genie. Okay. Yeah, he's genie. And if you like Rose McIver from *I Zombie*, she's Tinkerbell. Is that the? I've I've seen that show on Netflix and it just looks stupid. It's just she's a zombie. But she solves crimes. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> She eats the brains of the murder victims to learn their last moments and then solve the crime. <laughs> and it's and it also serves as a way for her to eat brains and not continue to be a zombie or arouse suspicion. <laughs> it's the perfect it's the perfect setup. Good God. Netflix will like greenlit anything. <laughs> no, that was a that was a CW show, I Zombie. That was years ago. Oh, you know what? That makes sense because CW is just complete bobbins. <laughs> Correct. It's, it's, it's it doesn't. Dumb. It doesn't have supernatural anymore. It's gone. Oh, it's out go. of my house. It's out of my house now. <sighs> right onwards, chaps. Thank you very much. That was awesome. That was awesome. And also, watch Once Upon a Time. <laughs> it's basically what I'm selling you. <laughs> um, I will say one thing about Emily de Raven. As you were saying, she was in Hills of Eyes, which I actually rate as a remake. I think it's quite a good one. My first, exp- uh, other than Lost, was uh, have you seen a film called Brick? Ryan Johnson's debut. Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's she's the murdered girlfriend in it that he's trying to investigate. Oh, really? I didn't re- I didn't know. Yeah, that. she's she's his girlfriend, Joe wow. Joe Gordon Levitt's girlfriend. I did not know that. Do you actually see her face in it? Yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah. there's a flashback, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't pick that up. Oh, I love that film. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great film. Great film. I'll have to watch that again. I haven't seen it since maybe like a year after it came out. 
It's like oh, someone it's pointed out to me the other day that Drive came out ten years ago, and I remember like just oh, loving God. that film. I remember, I remember skipping a lecture to go watch that at the showroom in Sheffield, <laughs> and yeah. it was in the biggest biggest screen, and no one was there but me. And I came out thinking that was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I've not watched it since. Funny enough, I've got it on Blu-ray. I've never watched it. I've had it since like 2012. I haven't watched <laughs> it since. It's so weird. Because I genuinely Dude. think the film's great. It is. It is great. But yeah, you would have been like, yeah, you would have still been in your teens. <laughs> you still at school. Yeah. I was 18. <laughs> I was in my first year of uni and someone was like, this film with Ryan Gosling is really good. It's so art house. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So I skipped a lecture and went to watch it. I was like, that ain't art house. That's just violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's basically Ryan Gosling being the wolf man without being the wolf man. <laughs> It is. It is. When he's when he's stamped the dude in the elevator and there's that shot from behind and he's total wolf man. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love that scene. Total. He just stamps yeah, his great. face into pieces. Awesome. And the soundtrack's bitching. Yeah. Yeah, fuck saying low, you stupid remaster. <laughs> Fucking wanker. Do you know what? I did I never watched that on general principle. I can't bring myself to do it. I think I got through like ten minutes and I was like, this doesn't even sync up. It doesn't the look and the feel and the tone of the film just gets ruined. It's terrible. There's a there's a reason why soundtracks take a long time to make, and you know they do them specifically to the beat of the film. Literally, mm. there's a reason for it. <laughs> yeah. So any form of moving it. media, it's all for a reason. But yeah, you just put some bands and artists that you liked on it. <laughs> that's that's not a good reason to do it, mate. So <laughs> if you notice that Zane Lowe likes everything, that's all I'll leave you with on that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there's anything he doesn't like. Before no. we go into the episode, sorry, very quickly, I remember I went to a Muse gig about eight years ago, no, longer than that, maybe ten years ago, and it was in their hometown, and who was doing the warm-up? Zane fucking Zane Lowe. Lowe. Yeah, and just just a load of shit he played, just a load <laughs> of crap. <laughs> Let's get rocking, everyone. Here's Black Lace. It's just no, nothing. Like, no one liked any of it. <laughs> it he, was... um, he 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 DJed like a student. I think it was a part of the Freshers Week in Sheffield one time, and it was it was my third year. And obviously, you still went out for Freshers, but it was just another night out, basically. But obviously, it was busier than usual because it was Freshers, and they were they were basically trying to sell tickets cheap because no one wanted to go all the freshers were like well, no we don't want to go and then we just happened to walk past people trying to sell them like look we're third years we don't want to see that shit what's he going to play and they were like oh he's going to play some bangers and I'm like I don't think he is though is he and then we just <laughs> <laughs> just he's not no anyway by the by <laughs> he's in America now anyway they can have him <laughs> Just like they took Corden from us. Yeah, keep them all. They took Corden. They can take Morgan back if they want and all. (laughs) Right, maternity leave. Episode 15, let's do this. So, as John has kindly already said, this is all about Claire and the flashbacks, uh, which reveal what happened to her during the events of season one when she disappeared for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the chronology of the show and from this episode, she says it's about two weeks of a life that she can't remember at all so um, it begins with baby Aaron Aaron (laughs) 
becoming ill with a rash and a fever. And I think like any young parent would, she Claire's freaking out and she's it's in the middle of the night and she sets off to find Captain Jack and <laughs> uh, to diagnose baby Aaron with his issues. Um, John intercedes, basically. Locke turns up and says, I'll, I'll go instead. I'll find him. Um, and whilst he's gone, who should appear but Danielle Russo? And tell her that Aaron's infected. Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> I've confused myself. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Aaron is infected, and then just kind of walks off. And you think straight away it's standard Russo, but now you're getting zombie vibes. What's he infected with? And I think mm. a lot of this has been the the sickness, as they call it in the show, already now. I mean, it's all come from Russo, really, but it's been teased since season one of this sickness of some description. I can just hear yeah. disturbed uh, at the moment. <laughs> you are sorry? I could hear, I could just hear disturbed at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Aaron's, Aaron's got down with the sickness. <laughs> 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 That's all the distur- all disturbed ever do. It's just down with the sickness every song. <laughs> Play the same song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so relevant that. But yeah, so we, we've got this this whole, I guess, weird storyline of this infection. We we've never had anything more than characters say this, um, and this I think this is the reason why Russo killed all of her group as well, wasn't it? That they all seemed to be getting ill. Yes. At the time she crashed, she freaked out. She killed her boyfriend, husband, whichever, and all the group. So, Claire has a flashback where she remembers getting injected with a very, very long needle whilst being Mm. pregnant. Uh, Kate turns up, because obviously she turns up, um, (laughs) just pops up (laughs) randomly and tells Russo to go away. But Claire is now utterly convinced that there is something wrong with baby Aaron. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like you set up for the episode. One thing I did know is that there's no literal flashbacks in the sense that we go back to a time before the island no this is all this is all a bit different in that it's all flashbacks from what happened on the island so it's a very different structure this week also Mm. they have a weird um transitional noise to the normal one we 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 have it's that horrible weird alarm sound Um, i love it yeah So don't turn your volume down if you know where it is. It's, it's, it's not nice. <laughs> yeah, it's proper horror vibes. I like it. Yeah, you see little, you see those quick sort of quick cuts. I think they, they the flashbacks or the memories, if you want to call them that, they they string out a bit longer. But initially, it's like very quick cuts of like yeah. flashes of imagery mm-hmm. of of um, Claire's memories coming back. It's they're quite well yeah. done. But yeah, that noise. It is. Oh. It is but... It does, it does, it's very piercing, straight to the brain. I'm like, oh, bloody hell. Um, but already, you, you know, I think, you, you know, this is the, this is that episode, basically. There's going to be some revelations of some description. Um, so Jack turns up and he assures Claire that he's fine. You know, babies get sick, get rashes, whatever, get a fever, it'll break soon. Uh, Claire's still unsure. So she decides that she'll go to Libby, who in another life was a psychiatrist, according to her, or a hypnotist, or whatever. I think going further on, we know better, but whatever. (laughs) Um, 
and she does this kind of like ASMR kind of <laughs> with her. It's, it's all I could think. Um, you know, you are very calm. You can all you can hear is the waves crashing, kind of thing. But then you hear the baby in the background screaming still, and I'm like, how could you <laughs> yeah. concentrate on the waves of a baby crying? <laughs> it's very Clinton Baptiste. I won't lie. Um, <laughs> but it works. She helps him record. She helps him recall the memories from the two weeks. Uh, and it's deduced. She, well, we knew she was kidnapped by Ethan, um, but she remembers this literally herself in images. So this is a return for Tom Cruise's cousin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as a guest star in this episode. And she remembers she's basically in like a doctor's office, or it looks like an office of some description. And he's just giving her injections, and he's still wonderfully creepy. He looks so weird. Uh, like he he looks he weirder than the last he episode does. he was in. Like he's got weird lines growing in his face. <laughs> he's got a weird haircut as well. It's very alarming. <laughs> yeah, there's he's got the, a very yeah. weird smile as well. It's a lockdown yeah. haircut. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's something that's just off, you know. I I don't know if it's just because he he looks kind of like Tom Cruise, but also not like Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, but there there is, there is something about him that's just. It is very creepy, and maybe it's it's unfair to say, but uh, you know he he looks slightly wrong, which makes him perfect for for the the thing he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, like the the implication here is, I guess he's he's just dosing Claire up this yeah. entire time. Uh, well, it's not even an implication. That is what he's doing because Claire she's high as a kite. Yeah, she yeah. still, I think she still thinks she's in Australia, doesn't she? And. Yes, she's I think so. Yeah. About to, she's about to leave for the US and things like that. So, oh yes, she mentioned about adopting. Uh, sorry, giving up the baby for adoption, and that's why she got to right. LA. Yeah, yeah. So, with this in mind, she goes on a mission and she enlists Claire for the help to find Russo, and then, <laughs> very on point, find a vaccine uh, that she <laughs> remembers from her memories thinking it's the cure for this mysterious ailment that baby Aaron has. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, lazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, where do we sit with that? I, I, it's, it's an ailment we don't know. She's assuming a lot of things. Everything's happening very quick. Um, I think I'm more invested in the flashbacks at this point. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Um, and also this this bit... Like she, she kind of has a go at Son, which I didn't like. I wasn't happy about this because <laughs> listeners of this show will know that all three of us adore her. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so Claire asks her to take care of Aaron while she's away, and Son is like, "A mother should never leave her child." And Claire's like, uh, "Excuse me, are you a mother?" And I was like, oh, "No, <laughs> God, I don't like that." God, it's turned to like a bloody Facebook group, isn't it? This. son replies no but you know still agrees to watch Aaron but Mm. it was just like snappy bitch (laughs) (laughs) it's not nice but funnily enough it triggers another memory of Claire's which leads to more injections in her belly (laughs) and then Mm. um, I mean I don't know how that triggers a memory Having oh. a bit of an argument with your friend. It's because son says to her, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And uh, Claire. Oh, that's it. Yeah, because this it comes up later on the episode um, when yeah. she talks to Ethan. But we'll get to that, obviously. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So, 
she has another memory trigger and then within this flashback he le- he takes her on a little walk a little wander to her surprise and again you get a bit more of the scale of where she is so you still don't know exactly where she is it looks like hospital corridors but it's it's t- still horror vibes in my mind it's total creepy corridors there's mm-hmm. lots of uh, dark space in the sh- in the frame apart from the corridor that's all white it's all dingy um but he leaves yeah. this ba- this baby room with the crib and the bed and the toys and things. Ultra creepy. It's all for her, apparently. Yeah, totally <laughs> creepy. It's all for you, Damien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damien. Yeah, there's there's um like it, there are the the horror vibes, but it's sort of it gives you a little hint. I can't remember if if like the camera lingers on the the Dharma stuff. There are a few Dharma. It does logos. a little bit. Yeah, kicking about. So you're like. Oh, so hang on. Obviously, we know we know Ethan is one of the others. So it's like, oh, are the others part of this Dharma thing? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, with with hindsight, we know, we know what happens. But you know, it just fades more into the the mysteries of the the hatch. You know, if this is another yeah. thing, and that that feeds very heavily into the next couple of episodes with um with Henry Gale. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, all... I thought it was very good, very 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 well set up. Um, even if you know. The, the dots don't all necessarily connect but um, at, at this point in time you're like oh so there's another Dharma thing somewhere mm-hmm. yeah the logo is obviously not the swan which is mm-hmm. where the hatch is yeah that's right um, so already it's, it's that beautiful thing of show don't tell <laughs> yeah it's, it's a perfect example of it Claire sees <clears throat> like a slope and stairs going up to like a metal wall so you're like what's that you know in my mind i'm thinking well we know about the magnetism in the hatch is it something mm-hmm. similar to that is it preventing something but then like you say there's another dharma site clearly that we've never seen before but oh my god where is it what is it what does it do <laughs> yeah. it's very clever very very clever um a bit that i really liked though just while she's observing the baby room um there's a little segue or sideways sidebar with a, an Ethan speaking to another other <laughs> who mm-hmm. who I think we've discussed a few times already on this show. Um, I don't think he's got his name yet. No, or not has yet. He? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I think he has a Sawyer nickname, but he doesn't have an actual name. Uh, okay, so fans, fans came to know him as Tom Friendly. Mm-hmm. We'll just use that for now because I don't want to just keep calling him other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tom Friendly turns up without a beard. Dun dun dun. He's had a shave. <laughs> had a, well, that's initially what I thought. I remember when I first watched this, thinking, "Damn, he had a shave." <laughs> I love the payoff to this though. Later on, <laughs> I do love that. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it is great. It is great. But yeah, MC Gainey appearing again as uh, Tom Friendly. So you're getting in the you're getting the sense that he is important to the others in some way or or their group you know he pops up at various important well very pivotal moments in the show so far i'm trying to remember does he so. speak to him does he just appear oh no um doesn't no, he, he say something to Ethan about he was meant to like get the list of people or something and that was it that's right mm-hmm. yeah he's not ha- he's not happy that uh claire's been brought to this whatever facility it is uh because the list hadn't been prepared he says right uh and then he, I think he implies that like a higher authority and and we are assuming, well, we'll not say who, we think we know who, but he mentions like a high authority won't be pleased by these events. 
Yeah. Sorry, just watching that. Sorry, I I know you just said we'll not um we'll not say who that is, but thinking back on it, I was wondering who that might be. The obvious Mm. answer is um the the person we have locked up, but I was wondering if there was a it could relate to (laughs) somebody else. Um Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it, uh, you know what I mean. I mean, I, I guess we've, I, I, we've spoiled I, enough I, previously, but it's like okay, spoilers. It, go for it. Go for it. Well, well, it, I think the obvious one is Ben slash Henry. Yes, but it, but at this point, I don't think we suspect him as much. Um, no. but I don't know. Maybe they could be talking about Jacob. I'm sure somebody has has drawn the lines on the on the whiteboard to to work out all these sorts of things. But I I just at at this point, it's you know. It, it's some mysterious, scary higher Entity. up. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I mean, we could we could we could infer all day about who it is. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, you could throw a smoke monster in there for whatever reason, or smoke <laughs> could go in there. True, true. Everything's up in the air at this point. You're right. I I assumed it was Ben. Yeah, I think I think it, it is just meant to be Ben. Yeah. But now that you mentioned Jacob, you could quite easily. <laughs> it could it could be Ben via Jacob because we know how that relationship is. Mm-hmm. Not getting too far ahead of ourselves, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, just just with the the talk of of lists was yes. what made me think of Jacob. But yeah, yes, absolutely, I agree. I know oh yeah, very good. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking too. Um, and in fact, Ethan, I think Ethan's excuse to Tom friendly is that. Uh, Obviously, uh, Hurley made his manifest, which is why he got caught out, and that's why he had to, I'm assuming, ramp up things quicker and kidnap Claire and bring her where he did. Um, mm-hmm. But he still so, had time so, to string Charlie up on the tree. <laughs> and funnily enough, that's mentioned yet again, isn't it, in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away from it. <laughs> and it, actually, when Kate mentions that, the way Evangelina Lilly plays it is that gen- genuine bewilderment at how he managed to string him up in the tree. <laughs> oh yeah, he's strong. <laughs> that man has got some he's a abilities. Super, super villain. <laughs> super rom. Yeah. Um, so after this flashback, we're back in the present day. Claire and Kate find Russo and Claire is just getting increasingly erratic. Um, mm. I thought the, the acting on I really do like Emily de Raven. I really do. But I think it went a bit too silly here. I don't know. I just couldn't get on board with it. She's kind of snapping at Russo. Tell me, tell me, tell me kind of thing. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm, not buying, I'm not buying this. It didn't work for me. She does do hysterical mother very frequently on the show. And I think that's not mm-hmm. like that's not her fault, obviously, that Emily de Raven, but It's not, no. It's the way it's, the character's written. She does come across as a very paranoid, very... With good reason as well, but... Sometimes it's just like God, just <laughs> shut up. A few octaves, <laughs> a few octaves lower, please. <laughs> yes, chill out. <laughs> Stay well, calm. Russo, <laughs> Russo takes them to the place where she found Claire, because uh, Russo is the reason for the scratches. Oh, well, no, sorry, Claire is the reason for the scratches on Russo's arms because mm-hmm. she ran away mm-hmm. from her. Uh, but that's all Russo knows, genuinely knows, is where she found her, not the location of, you know, uh, the Dharma station. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is also adding to Claire's 
irritability because she's adamant that she's got something to do with it. She knows where she should be and so on. Um, I think she keeps saying that she wants to take her to the room with the vaccine and starts accusing her of, you know, aiding the abduction. And obviously Russo's like, I have no idea what you're on about. I actually don't have any idea what you're on about. <laughs> and even Russo looks at her like, damn, you crazy. I thought I was crazy, but you are crazy. <laughs> um is there some point at, then, uh, just before this that Rousseau actually reveals to Claire that her crew were killed because they become infected? Because Claire, um, does it come back where I think she's talking to Kate, um, mm. and then Kate, Kate like says she like drops the thing about Rousseau's crew, and then Rousseau kind of tells her, and then that makes Claire even more adamant. Um, yeah, you're right. And yeah. she mentions that she that she saw a teenage girl, and then Rousseau kind of lights up a bit. Her eyes kind mm-hmm. of flicker up a bit. And also, Mira Ferdinand passed away in January, and we haven't done recording since. So yes, rest in peace. Oh yes, that's true. Very what sad. A wonderful yes. lady. Um, so yeah, so at this point, Claire is like even more determined to kind of get there because she she thinks they have suffered the same fate as as Russo's crew. Or sorry, Aaron will suffer the same fate. Aaron. <laughs> So it's all kind of interlinking. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Like, and, and speaking of, um, Russo, uh, it is Claire's episode, obviously, but uh, I think she is very, very good in this episode. Yeah, um, she is. Just, just as you say, like when, when her eyes light up at, at the small glimmer of hope um, and the, the, there's a line at the end after they've they've done searching through the, uh, the station, which is called um, The Staff, I've just discovered. Um, okay. Oh, I didn't know the, that. The medical I didn't station. Know that. But no, there's there's just a couple of really really good lines from uh, from Russo there. Uh, it's it's probably the 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 standout of the episode, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, everything right. from this point on for her is is just really really good, uh, really really effective, really really emotional. Yeah, I think this is the point where Russo's kind of like fully on their <clears throat> side almost. Like you, yeah. you you're you're at ease when you see her now. You don't think she's going to kidnap the baby or try and hurt someone, or you, you know she's very much um, on on their side now. And yeah, I love her. I think she's great. <laughs> yeah, because um, we have actually established now that she well, we do establish now that she's not in league with the others. She is, mm-hmm. you know, she's looking out for her best interests only, and it's just happenstance, just circumstantial that she's now trying to aid. The Islanders, so there's yeah. like a there's like a mutual understanding between them at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So this was another bit that made me laugh, but I guess it's how it could work. Is that I think Claire notices something in the jungle floor. I think it's like a stump of a tree, uh, but it triggers another memory for her. So I mean, I've never had amnesia, so I guess you could look at something very <laughs> mundane and it triggers something. I don't know, but I thought, what? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, but from this memory, she remembers Ethan uh, talking to her about leaving the baby with the others, or he refers to them as his group, um, and when they're having a walk out of the facility, uh, and he tells Claire that she does have a choice in the matter, which probably translates to she doesn't, but she doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's another creepy little moment where <laughs> he, he plays it off so well, uh, but Ethan gives Claire some water and she's like, oh, it tastes sour. And he kind of goes, oh, does it? I hadn't noticed. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, oh, you fucking bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he tells Claire that her baby is one of the good ones. So again, 
what does that mean you know is he literal like he's a nice baby or you know he's going to be a nice person or is it more sinister than that and it's all very ambiguous so aaron's like uh his whole it's same with not as much as walt but in a similar line like aaron was meant to be special but we never really found out why do we um was it not just the fact that no babies had been born on the island? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like no babies had been born without, or, or no, yeah, or no women had had um, successfully given birth. Oh, oh yeah, conceived. No, that's right. Sorry, you're yeah, right. Um, so that I think that's the only reason that they wanted him so much, oh, as far okay. as I can remember. Um, yeah, I don't think that it, comes in until like the start of season three. The whole pregnancy thing, isn't that right? With yeah, son. yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's when we're, we're, we're more with the others. Then you see more of their backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get more of the idea of what they were trying to achieve, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, they kind of write Aaron out more or less by season <laughs> four. Yeah, if I remember right, because even though he's one of the original Oceanic six or seven, whichever, they basically say, "Oh, he's too." You know, when they go back to the island, they're like, "Oh, it's not fair to him. He's too young." He doesn't need to come back, and <laughs> that that was the reason he never came back to the island. And there you go. Right, 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 right. So the the, the stump reveals. I'm pretty sure the concealed bunker, which John has kindly. Do you say the staff? The staff, yes. The staff, right? Okay, thank you. Um, so, I think. Kate and Russo are in a bit of bewilderment because up until this point they're thinking you know, Claire's probably a bit hysterical you know, young mom losing a shit a little bit that a baby's ill but you know, babies get ill <laughs> um, <laughs> probably do believe her but also don't a little bit, it's kind of up in the air it's kind of going along with every whim so to see that she was actually telling the truth I think is a bit of a shock to them Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go into the bunker and now, now you're in proper horror vibes because you've got the flashing light in the corridor um, and it's clearly an abandoned station now at this point it's completely different to what you've seen in the flashbacks mm-hmm. um, and Claire's searching the rooms that are familiar to her memories um, I think she finds something that she cro- crocheted during the last time she was there like a yeah. little, little socky thing. The little, little sock or glove, yeah, yeah. She puts that in a pack. Uh, Kate starts investigating another part of the bunker and she finds the set of lockers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. she, she finds, I guess this is your little uh, your little moment, Scott, yeah. <laughs> that you were referring to, but she finds tattered clothes, uh, a makeup box, theatrical glue and a beard um, which is all part of the disguise worn by Mr. Tom Friendly when she last saw him which was got a, got a um, pair of those, those glasses with the fake nose and the moustache on it as well I think the last time she saw him was it was uh, I think it was the hunting party where the lights all went up randomly oh yeah Can you remember yeah. Uh, that's when she saw him so I think she grabs his woolly hat as well that he had on the boat when he took a walk so you get you get the sense that this is the base of operations for him anyway or where he he got ready or he gets ready for tricking <laughs> or or trick-or-treating shall we say <laughs> with, 
with the Islanders. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think we mentioned it um, a couple of episodes ago. Like it's it's a good ruse. Um, yeah. That that they're that they're pulling off here, um, especially with the uh, the the teddy bear. Like they that they, they, these disheveled uh, people just living in the jungle. I think it's yeah. As I said, it's really it's a really good ruse to make them seem more. I guess almost feral than they are. Um, yeah. But again, at this point, I don't think. Well, I don't know. I guess we we do realize that these these guys are the others now, but we're not a hundred percent certain because um, this is only the first clue that maybe they are using this um, using disguises. You know. Yeah. At present, the islanders still think that they're that they're like some sort of tribe Savages. on the islands. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, the mythology is expanding. Basically, we're getting more and more answers, but more and more questions. Which, <laughs> yeah, dependent on who you are in the world, is either a good or a bad thing. When it came to Lost, so. Um, <laughs> but continuing, so we find Claire finds the fridge where she at least remembered. So I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say vaccine because we still don't know what she thinks it's a vaccine for so i'll just say where she remembered that there was medicine stored yeah um, yeah because she's gone into that chest and yeah isn't that the same chest that ethan was taking vials or vaccines from and injecting her with so what the fuck is she thinking yeah. <laughs> i don't know but she starts freaking out because it's empty she's like the vaccine's here and obviously kate's looking at her like girl he's got a rash you know it's, it's <laughs> calm down what what vaccine and yeah it's just it's it just feels a bit poor writing is that give me an illness tell me that you know mm. his bo- his bones are decaying or something daft like that i don't know you know <laughs> just anything that you could vaccinate in a yeah. show like this but they just say he's got a rash mm. he's got a fever and he needs a vaccine and she's assuming that something in this fridge it just think of it from another perspective if there was something in that fridge she would in a, in this right mind right now, she would just grab it and give it to a baby, and you're like, "What the fuck is in that?" <laughs> yeah, I think the only the only um, defense I can make of that is is just the fact that she is hysterical. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 not maybe the most convincing or the most believable. You know, I don't want to be like, yeah, she's just she's just gone a bit crazy, but she has she has really um it's not a, a very good defense um uh, you know you would think she'd maybe be a bit more sensible than that but yeah it it doesn't really track for me um mm-hmm. that she was just yeah just grab anything and and give it to aaron you know also so, considering the state of the world that we're in right now and we're talking about <laughs> what's in these vaccines exactly <laughs> that's why i thought earlier on when i was watching it uh, I was with Emma and I was like, ooh, well, forgot about this bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we can call it out if it's um, on TV, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she she then has a another flashback and this is of the teenage girl that she mentioned mm-hmm. uh, to Russo who actually rescues her from the bunker um, telling her that actually the members of her group have ulterior motives to take the baby and subsequently kill her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is one of the the lines that you might be meant, referring to, John, when it comes to Russo. 
Yes. Uh, Russo leaves, but as she's leaving, she tells Claire that she's not the only one who didn't find what they were looking for. Yeah, that's the one. Ah, oh, very good. And and it's beautiful, Link. You know, she never says, "That's my daughter." You know, mm-hmm. the, in the flashback, the girl never obviously doesn't know that her mother's alive. But you know what I mean. She never says, "I'm looking for my mum." You just have the flashback. <laughs> and you cut to you cut to that moment, and she says that line, and you're like, "Oh, yeah." Well, if you've got the right head on, you go, "Oh." If not, you're <laughs> like, "Huh?" <laughs> but what a line! I love that line. Yeah, that's very good. That is the one I met earlier, um, and you know, as as is the case with a lot of Lost, you know, there's very very uh, extreme close-ups of people's faces, and you just <laughs> and you can just you can just see everything written on uh, uh, Fernand's face. You know, it's just yeah, she's uh, she's very very good uh, in this episode, and and all the episodes she's appear- she appears in, but this one is is probably her her finest hour so far. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Very so emotive. Just before. Yeah. Very. Mm-hmm. I will say just before moving on though that this is the. I will only. I'll only say this much because she does appear later on. But this is the first uh, live action <laughs> appearance of Alex. Uh, but we will get mm-hmm. to know her much further on down the line. Yes. But yes. that is her first official appearance. <laughs> okay. So we're back in the jungle and we're ready for one final flashback. Where actually, I've already said this by accident, but Claire remembers that Russo actually aided her escape rather than not mm-hmm. being part of the plot to kidnap her. <laughs> um, and this is kind of where we get the full revelation. <laughs> she asked Russo about the baby that the others took from her 15 or whatever years ago. And Claire asks if the child was a girl, and she just says, Yes, the name mm-hmm. was Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, Claire says, a teenage girl with blue eyes helped me escape. Yeah. She wasn't like them. She was good. Yeah. It's a very lovely little moment, actually. It's, it's kind of like Russo, she... It's kind of like she, she... At that moment, she knows that she's still alive. But she, she still does. feels like... Um, that would, just from her expression, feels like she's still going to have a job to, to try and get her back because of what she's up against. Who's, you know, how she's got to get get to her, but she knows at least that she's alive. I think that's, she can definitely, you can definitely gain that from her expression that she knows it's that's Alex. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, as, as John said, she's very very good in that in those scenes. Show don't yeah. show don't tell. Show mm. don't tell. Perfect. Is and lost in it definitely in its early years excelled at that. It was a lot of show don't tell. Um. So yeah, she returns to camp, and lo and behold, Jack's like, "Yo, Aaron's fever's gone down. <laughs> <laughs> the curse has been lifted! Hurrah!" Yeah, the curse, the curse is gone. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> what alchemy um, did you conjure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't do fuck I all, g- Jack. Seriously, he just said, "Oh, it's fine." Him- fine the morning. Just leave him. I gave him some chip and dip from the hatch pantry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah so she takes out the little sock or glove whichever that she made and she she gives it to Aaron and it's a little lovely moment and um, yeah that that's Claire's part of the episode but hold on a second my cat is being annoying what are you doing? <laughs> standard behaviour e- eating plastic bags 
She's got hmm. this obsession with plastic. Yeah, my cat loves uh, when we when we come to shopping. He fucking goes mental. He loves going into a bag. <laughs> and the problem is the other one, Bowie, the newest one. He follows Pixie everywhere, and he does what she does. Hmm. So you've got two of them now. Oh, okay. So like kind of uh, look what I'm doing. This is uh... he loves her, and she she does love him, but also hates him. Like shadow, <laughs> Probably yeah. because he punches her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the... Anyway, they've stopped now, so um, we can just cut this bit out. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll go for like the what? We'll go for the little B plots now. There's a there's two. Well, a B and a C, I guess. There's two other things that break up this episode, I guess, a little bit. So, um, we've still got the little issue of the prisoner in the hatch. So, obviously, last week's episode, one of them was all based around Henry Gale and who is he? Why is he here? Is he who he says he is? We had that very brutal sequence at the end of the episode where Saeed was just flat out beating the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, and the you know existential argument between Jack and Locke outside it. You know, what if he's telling the truth? Well, what if he isn't kind of thing? Um, yeah. <laughs> so we still don't know any more other than that he's in the armory locked up and he's, you know, defeating him and stuff like that, but that's about it and this is pretty much where we find Jack and Locke still kind of bickering a little bit like an an old married couple (laughs) Um, Locke asked Jack about the long term plan which I thought was a bit rich of him bearing in mind that you know (laughs) it wasn't really Jack's decision in the first place to have him there you know Um, (laughs) and then Jack retorts with what about the button you know we've not got a long term plan for that but we keep pressing it (laughs) I was like oh burn (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is Jack calling out the writers at this moment in time. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're tidying it over till the season finale. Just keep saying things. <laughs> Just keep. That saying is stuff. weird, though. Like, that you mentioned that. Like, I remember. Maybe it's because you know I was watching it um, week to week, and you know the the mysteries were all building up and building up. But there's much less. Um, much less play with pressing the button. Than I remember there being. Yeah. Is that I just me? Like, it, it seemed to be. I, I think we said this with the hatch last season, you know, it, it, it's in it a lot less than I remember it being in it because yeah. it, I guess it's, it, it's obviously the, the overarching theme of the, the season or, or one of them anyway, but it's like, yeah, it's really. There's, there's a couple of episodes there where nobody mentioned it. We just assumed it was it was happening in the background. Um, and, and obviously, there, there's a bit more. Uh, in the, the the upcoming episodes where it comes to the forefront, but it's like this they're not actually um focusing on the pressing the button as as much as I remember them. No. no there's a very familiar a structure here, like a seasonal structure that you could the the template for season one and two are more or less identical in that they introduce uh <laughs> like the main arc of that season. So obviously season one you've got the plane crash itself finding out about these characters how they interlink sort of but then you get the hatch and the sm- and smoky and stuff like that but then in the middle section it's more character driven it's much more about how they behave with one another and less about the hatch or you know the monster for example because up until i think it was the finale wasn't it of season one smoky didn't appear again for about <laughs> yeah you know, 15 or so episodes mm-hmm. um and the same can be said for this you know the hatch I think we we got three central plot 
arcs happening in the very we in that trilogy of episodes at the start of season two. Um, there was an awful lot going on introduced, <laughs> and then you have this lull. Not a bad lull by any means. It's just a, a different way of telling the story. Yeah. You know, the, the, it just seems like it just seems like they're, they're quite happy and blissful with the life that they have at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just yeah. going about their day. <laughs> but I guess I guess that's sort of a symptom of there being um, what twenty three, twenty four episodes in a season. Like if right. every episode was about the the hatch and pressing the button, you'd just be like, oh my goodness. Why can we stop talking about this? I, I, I will say, Lost got as much as I love these early seasons. Lost got stronger when it was less episodes. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? The the it was more effective storytelling, perhaps, because they could yeah, do they, things quicker. Yeah, they certainly uh, trimmed the fat. <laughs> a lot because yes. a lot of the mysteries and the mythology has kind of already been explained as much as they mm. want it to be explained there wasn't a lot of loose ends left so they could focus yeah. primarily on the characters at those at those latter sort of parts of the seasons of a season like yeah. you know, five and six mm-hmm. yeah but I know what you're saying it, it, it's not something that they mention a lot <laughs> but uh, where was that so Locke goes to have a chat with Henry um, I think he gives him a book now I don't know if there is a significance of said book it's, like well, there, might, there is there in the author, everything. but not the. I don't know about title, but definitely the the, the author. Go um, for it. It's a, well, it's a Dostoevsky book. Okay. Um and um. I think they have a brief conversation about him, and they talk about uh, uh, Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway, and how yeah. Hemingway was apparently profusely jealous of Dostoevsky, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that comes into play a bit later on with another conversation between uh, Henry and John. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think after this part, I think Jack and Locke have a conversation about why he gave him the book. And mm-hmm. John just says, oh, you know, it's a bit of reading material. So you can see that I think Ben is becoming more of an equal to Locke because they're both fairly intellectual. So John mm-hmm. is finding common ground and Jack sniffs out straight away. So it makes him even more suspicious about Ben and his yeah. intention. That's what I got from that interaction and not the okay. question about why he gave him the book. Because um, mm-hmm. John's recognised well, him as an intellectual. Well, let's go to that then. So he brings him dinner. and This is like the second portion of this plot. So he brings him dinner... And they strike, like you say, he strikes up a conversation about those two authors. And he'd heard the earlier talk about it. They, they mentioned, like, he's got really good ears. And Henry says, or Henry slash Ben says, you know, you've got really thin walls. They're having a bit of a banter <laughs> between them. There seems to be. It starts off good, basically. They have good chemistry together. Um, But then. I think there's a. I, I think he asked. He asks him which of the authors he relates to more, doesn't he? Later on, yeah, he does. But there's a, a when they're talking outside after he gives him the book. I think um, Jack says to like John, you know, what do you want us to do then? What do you want us to? Do? And you can hear Ben in the background say, "You can let me out," which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you could let me out. <laughs> but it's interesting because then obviously it turns into what we know to become very standard behaviour for Ben. Yes, but it's yeah. that manipulation technique. It's the first example of manipulative Ben. 
and this is Ben at his best. Yeah. As we love to hate him, but he basically says to Locke, and us knowing Locke's uh, attitude and, I guess, ego and also his, his hubris, we can say, mm-hmm. you know, he basically says, why, you let, why is Jack calling the shots? Yeah. And Locke's like, no, we make decisions together. And we know that not to be true, really. <laughs> they, they just argue all the time. But Yeah. And that's where you get sus- the... Um, sorry, Tom. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say that Ben sussed it out immediately. Yes. And Locke don't want to admit that, you know, he's not he's not in control, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's, it's partly that, but also because they're always arguing... So they've made it easy for him to, to try and manipulate. Um, and also, you know, because he's already gotten in there with Locke and trying, trying to act as a as an equal in terms of, like, uh, being an intellectual, he's, like, chosen... He's, he's chosen the, the one to target. Um, yeah. Because I think that's where they, they make the... Uh, there's, like, the analogous, analogous like, comparison b- between um, Hemingway and Dostoevsky when he says, you know, which one are you? Are, are you the... Uh, are you the jealous... The jealous artist, the jealous author, who is living in the shadow of like the genius or something like that, and Locke's, Locke begins to kind of his lips begin to, begin to quiver and he gets a bit angry. <laughs> well, he does because he he destroys the kitchen. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember. I'm going to say, but you get. I don't know if you noticed it, but there's that sly smile that he gives Henry, Henry slash Ben. <laughs> He locks him back up, but he starts destroying the kitchen, sweeping all the dishes off the counter. In hindsight, Henry can hear it, and, and he gives him that little smile. It's like in hindsight, obviously we know that Ben's a wanker, but but <laughs> what I mean that's putting it mildly. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but obviously when you watch it now, I think we didn't know for sure if he was a if he was a dodgy other or whatever. You know, we didn't know for sure, but that's just such good acting. Because it's very, it's very subtle, very subtle. Yeah. Because um, even, even, even now, obviously knowing where it goes, you still just the way it's written, you're still like, is this genuinely a man who he just has wants to get out on the island, and he just wants to get out, so he's having a bit of fun, yeah, to try yeah. and piss his captors off, or is he the worst human being of all time? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we know how that goes, but but yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I love the. I, I just love Michael Emerson. I just love him so much. It's very good. Uh, and and Locke here, um, <laughs> like he, he he keeps his cool whenever he's talking to to Henry, and then he closes the door. And despite the fact that earlier in the episode, he Ben has or Henry has made it quite clear he can hear through the doors. He just <laughs> trashes the kitchen. <laughs> just just oh, <laughs> Henry's probably sitting there. It's like oh, I guess that worked then. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt in his mind that yep, that worked. <laughs> Because the episode ends with with Henry having a wee smirk, smiling. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah. It does. You get the fate, You get the smash cut to black and the title. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just before we do sign off, there is a little other uh, plot involving Mister Echo, our favourite AAA. First introduced mm. into this episode with his shirt off, as always, uh, knocking down a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there because it didn't seem to have any relevance to anything other than to show how much of a brick shit house he is mm-hmm. um he he just f- seems to figure out what's going on for some reason because <laughs> he's because yeah. he's, he's mr echo he asked jack if he can visit the prisoner alone after echo basically threatens that he'll tell the rest of the camp oh, about very, henry. Clever, very clever yeah 
and then Echo, I think it's kind. this is kind of Echo repenting again for all his sins and trying to be a better person. It's confession, um, basically, isn't it, for him? It's a confession, yeah, yeah. He, he basically tells him about the two men he killed mm-hmm. on the first night that they crashed. You know, he smashed their heads in with a st- uh, rock. And he does say to him, why are you telling me this? And he says he had to tell somebody. Hmm. And then he cuts off... Um, his little beardies. He, he th- he cuts off the two knots of his beard. I don't know if that's significant or it's just a threat to Henry to not say anything. I don't know. Uh, mm. No idea. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Very odd. All I, I know. It, all I know is that AAA was terrifying in that moment. He was because when he walks into the to the like, the room, Ben looks <laughs> shit scared. <He's> terrified. <laughs> it's brilliant. You would be if he walked in. You'd be like, oh my god, who is this guy? <laughs> And he gives kill his, me. He gives his big club to John before he walks in. It's like I don't, I don't yeah. need this. You know, if I'm gonna pummel, I've him. got my knife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't need my club. I've got my knife. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought that was, it's, like, it's a good scene. As you say, it's the his confession. He's, he's asking for forgiveness, but it's also, I mean, it's also a pretty blatant threat. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't know what the. I guess now that he's asked for forgiveness, he can he can remove whatever that thing was on his on his beard, his chin. I don't know if that's like. I didn't know if like, it was anything religious significance. I, I wasn't sure. I, I don't know. I'm not sure because he'd already he'd, he'd already done the, um, however many days it was, forty forty five days of not speaking, yeah, um, which I thought was his penance, uh, if that's the right word. So I don't yeah. know what that that really was, other than just something to scare the shit of, out of Ben. I guess. It might, I might I'm be happy reaching. To go with that. I might be reaching here, but hmm. maybe he grew out those two little beardy twisty tie things because he killed two men, and there's two little twisty beardy tie things. And then Ooh. when he, yeah. but that's <laughs> but like, why would you do? Why would you? You know what? Before I'm absolved of this, before I can confess. I'm gonna grow two little beardy, twisty tie things, <laughs> and then I'll cut it off eventually when I do confess. It just seems a bit odd. Like maybe if you had, mm. um, I don't know, like I don't know, like something, something obviously metaphorical, maybe, or mm. it just seems a little odd, you know. Yeah. And he just chops I them off. Yeah, I'm bored with it. But I mean, they do look terrible. He looks better without those little things hanging <laughs> on <laughs> his beard, like a trainee Absolutely. beard. Absolutely, um, and with and with that, that that's your episode. That is maternity leave. So, I think it was overall a decent episode, more for the revelations than anything. Um, yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed this one. I I liked that it, it sort of filled in the the gaps for us a little bit more. Um, yeah. For for Claire's missing, uh, two weeks. Uh, yeah. It did slow so, down the uh, you know, obviously from the uh, the initial introduction of Henry from the previous episode it slowed that right down it came to like a big halt which I think could have mm. may have harmed it in like the ratings mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know but obviously that, that picks up again doesn't it so um, but yeah it's I think the flashbacks are, are great and the Russo stuff's great um, yeah it's just I think I think it's solid definitely one of the solid episodes yeah. yeah, agreed. So the only production note I got was that the actress playing Alex, Tanya Raymond, 
was told she was a completely different character um <laughs> and the cast members often read fake lines with a different name in their audition to pre- you know oh. to prevent obviously the spoilers leaking out uh and to um stop the further uh spoilers coming out she's credited as young girl <laughs> <laughs> so yes. that people didn't know in advance that she was who she was but that's it that's all i got <laughs> okay so i'm just trying to think of other bits that i kind of think in terms of production i guess mira Ferlin is she like a season regular in this season or is she just recurring still no she's just recurring i don't know if she was a season regular was she no she's just always recurring just pops up she's literally recurring i'll just i'll just show up when i want Other than that, next week we have the whole truth and nothing but it. The whole truth. Yes. Is that a soy episode? Very, very good. Uh, no, it uh, is... It's his son. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> is this the one? No, it's not. No, 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 no. I'm going too far ahead. <laughs> too far ahead. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking uh, of baby. Her... Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. You're, you're, you're right. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Right. Okay. 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 Yes. Yes. Very good. Which is also, which is very, very good. Um, I watched that one quite good. recently. It's very, very good. But with, I mean, I'm a broken record on Jim and Son episodes, so <laughs> <laughs> we should have just done that. that. <laughs> just Jim and Son episodes. <laughs> <We> should have. <laughs> with that, we will sign off. But thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you, as always, for chatting. Thank you. Thank you. And speak soon. Bye. Bye. Well, hey there, sunshine. It was the cartoon about fish. You had some arms on you. You took my son. Don't tell me what I can't do.